Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. This is Conversations with Olivia Jade, an iHeartRadio podcast. Oh, we're really jumping right into this. I know. I was like, wait, we're going this ready? <laughs> hi, how are you? Um, well, first, hi, miss you. I know it's been, I mean, it's almost been a year since we started this pro- the Dancing with the Stars process. Has it been almost a year? Yeah, it has. Because I remember, I remember Labor Day, like right before Labor Day was like my last hurrah. I was like, this is the last party. This is the last moment. Like it's time to hit it. Yeah, you're actually so right. Because I remember coming back from like summer vacation, basically, and starting right away. That's insane. Well, I didn't even do an intro. We got thrown into this right away. I have Cody Rigsby on my podcast today. He is one of my fave people. We were on Dancing with the Stars together. And if you guys don't know who he is, I'm going to let him give his own introduction so you can really make it perfect. Take it away. Oh, wow. Like, you know, when you like doing an intro of yourself is like, it's like so shouting at your resume and it is a little narcissistic, but listen, I worked hard. So Boom. my friends, I'm, I'm Cody Rigsby, former Dancing with the Stars contestant and a Peloton instructor for over eight years now. And maybe you've seen some of my videos clipped on TikTok for a nice uh, laugh, a little LOL here and there. Um and I'm excited to be here and reunited with the beautiful Olivia Jade. Thanks. I'm so happy you're here. What have you been up to recently? Like, what's the last year that you that I haven't really seen you? What's it had in store? Um, a lot. You know, like I left Dancing with the Stars and I took a little time for myself on the holidays, but then it was just like a lot of work being brand deals or stuff at Peloton. Um 
PR stuff like that. I, I'm working on some stuff this summer that I can't necessarily talk about right now, but like, oh, you I know, hate when people do that. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's but okay, like, it's you good. Know, a, a bitch can't like hurt a contract or like up a contract that's coming up. I know, I hate, I hate being like that. I also hate when people are like, just wait, I have this coming on, or like, you guys can't Damn handle it. what I'm about to do. I'm just like, okay, girl, oh. we'll see. Yeah. Oh. Um, but you know what? Honestly, um, this summer I've been really just kind of focusing on myself. I think I came to a, a, a moment where I was like, all right, work is great. And I love working and I love building whatever I'm building here. But for a very long time, probably like two or three years, I've been so focused on work that I've taken, I, I've kind of lost a little bit of myself. Mm. So I think for the past like three months, I've really been focused on healing and like find doing things that nourish me, even if that means like not chasing a dollar, if that makes right. sense. Right. Okay. I want to, I want to come back to that because I think that's yeah. an important conversation, but just to kind of kick off the episode, I kind of want to hear about like where you're from, how you got started. I know that you were a background dancer before Peloton. Yep. Mm-hmm. And can you just explain a little bit about like how you even got into this space, how you started with Peloton and like kind of if somebody was listening and they want to have a similar trajectory or like a similar career path, how somebody that's not in that position to do so could? I mean, that's a that's a, a great, a great question. And I'll, I'll kind of get into my story a little bit. And I think I think the more before I even tell the story, I think the moral of the story is a lot of success sometimes is just being at the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. but you got to make sure that you're the right person that's going to be at the right place at the right time. So if you're not like prepared for an opportunity that's going to hit you in the face, uh, you might not get that opportunity. So I think it's always good to be doing the work, even if you don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the moral story or where I, where I hit it. But you know, I was born in Los Angeles. I lived there till I was about eight, me and my mom and like three cats and two dogs uh, packed into a Chrysler and like moved across the country in the nineties. And we settled into Greensboro, North Carolina, where I grew up from eight to 22. Um, in like high school and college, I was very much like into musical theater, but um, I was like a really good dancer on my own. So a friend told me to go um intern at Broadway Dance Center here in New York. So I did that the summer of my freshman year of college. And that's where I really fell in love with New York City. And I honestly, dis- I I got to express myself as a gay man. And I knew that I wanted to like really come to the city and be able mm-hmm. to live the life that I wanted to. So through college, my focus was always to come to New York. So mm-hmm. I moved to New York in 2009. I've been here 13 years. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started kind of just doing a bunch of odd end jobs. I worked in fashion. I worked in, I worked at restaurants. I worked retail. I was just really doing anything to make a buck. And then I I got into the commercial dance world for about five years where I got to do some really cool stuff. I danced for Katy Perry, Nicki Minaj, do SNL. Like I loved that. I loved that because it had so much passion, mm. but I think what I was missing was purpose. And in all honesty, when you're a backup dancer, you're kind of doing, you're doing things to elevate another person. You're doing things to make other people look great. And you're not really creating a foundation for yourself. Mm. So I became kind of unhappy and didn't really have purpose. And one, you know, one summer I was like, all right, I'm going to like pump the brakes on the dance world. I'm going to manifest that something great is going to come. I don't know what it's going to be. But honestly, I'm just going to put my head down, do about like do many 
odd in jobs as I can to make a dollar and find financial stability. And honestly, like six months later, Peloton landed in my lap. Um, How? Yeah, I was working at this club called The Box. It, um, oh, I know The Box. I'm sure you do. Please. I'm sure you do. <laughs> and it has a very like risque burlesque show, but I wasn't actually dancing in it. Um, I was just working in front of the house, helping the bottle service girls at night. And the choreo- the choreographer of that show knew I was a dancer and he had a connection to Peloton. Mm. And so he was like, hey, this company, this like startup is looking for, you know, people that are into fitness. And I kind of got into, I got into fitness to book dance jobs because you got to look a certain way. And I was an entertainer and that's what they were looking for. So right. I sent my headshot and resume and I got an email back and went in for an interview and I got the job. Wow. And I was I was really lucky because it was a new company. They were they were figuring themselves out. I kind of had the ability to fake it till I make it. Mm. You know, they were just like, here's this cute boy and he's fun and fun and has a personality. So like let's give him a shot. And I was really lucky that I started Peloton at, at kind of in the infancy because I got to really make a lot of mistakes. I got to figure myself out. I got to um, observe and watch some really fierce people like Robin Arzon, like Jess King, um, and kind of just absorb their fierceness and how they discovered themselves. And for a while, I feel like I was trying to be Robin and right. I'm not Robin. Like I'm not an ultra marathoner. I'm not a, a badass bitch. Like she is like, I'm just, I'm not her. And so I think once I started to embrace who I was and let that shine in my classes, people started to resonate with that and connect with that. And I'm glad I had that period of time to like, not know what I was doing so that, you know, when the pandemic hit and Peloton blew up, I was ready. I was ready for prime time and I knew who I was and I knew what my classes were. And that's kind of where I was able to connect with people throughout the pandemic. And so that goes back to the moral story, like kind of two occasions where it's like the right place, the right time, right. but be the right person. Right. So would that was you... a long winded answer. Was that what you were looking yeah, for? Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking Great. for. I loved it. It was perfect. Um. So when you would say that, be, would you say that because of the pandemic, that's where you're like, I'm just so curious how somebody that's a Peloton instructor can just absolutely blow up on social media then go on dancing with the stars. Like how the hell did that happen? Like, how did you get such a following? Like, obviously I know you and your personality is infectious, but how did so many strangers that get 45 minutes of your time on a bike or however long it is, like, how did that translate? Yeah. I, I, I always like pinch myself. Like I got so lucky. Like I won the lottery when it comes to a job, a profession that keeps me rooted in purpose, allows me to help other people, allowed me to like really discover myself and my best self. Um, you know, I think, I think there's this stereotype of a fitness instructor and they're always like super high energy and always super positive and they have everything figured out and they have this perfect body. Mm. And that's sometimes not relatable. And mm-hmm. I could, I, I, I would watch other instructors, not at Peloton, but just other instructors in the industry. And I kind of like cringe or be like, Oh, you're being so kind of fake. And so I just treated every class. Like I was in a, in a, I was on a zoom call or in a room full of like my besties and like, we're shooting the shit and I'm going to talk about, you know, messy stories in my life. I'm going to talk about nostalgic things about songs. I, and just going to like be an open book. Mm. And I think people really connect and relate to just someone who's 
you know, pushing them, but also showing their messiness and yeah. showing who they are. Um, I think when we try to be perfect, it's boring. Mm. When we show our messiness, our flaws, our, you know, I, I don't want to say stupidity, but like, we're all kind of stupid. So like when I can make fun of myself, when I'm stupid, like people relate to that and people connect to that. And that's also like my purpose. Like fitness is a scary space. If you're starting fitness, if you're starting something new, you can feel intimidated because you don't want to look dumb. And I purposely kind of get on the bike and act a fool and act dumb so people are not scared to try something new. Notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I actually was having a conversation with a friend recently just about how, like, just if you're in any sort of, I think, media space or you're like a public figure of any kind, how important it is to be relatable. And with these, like, I think recently on my podcast with the guests I've had on, I've tried to like maybe teach the listeners something, not me personally, yeah. but the person I'm interviewing. Would yeah. you say that you have like one thing? Because if someone were to ask me, like, what would you say like you're an expert in. I don't actually mean like expert literally, but I would say like the thing that I probably know most about and can talk most about confidently would be like makeup and skincare. Yeah. What would yours be? That's interesting. Um, if you have I one. Think, no, I think it's a little obscure. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm an expert at loving myself and, mm, a, and that's a good allowing one. myself to be who I am. Um, and that means accepting accepting who I am. I think for a long time in multiple stages of my life, I tried to change or omit parts of me. And that wasn't fully loving myself or, or honestly. So I think loving myself and doing it in such a radical public facing way is what I'm an expert at. And I hope to inspire people to love themselves radically and to accept themselves and to express themselves as radically as I can with yeah. no apologies. And that that includes the flaws. That includes mm. the stuff that we don't like about ourselves. How did you get to a place of loving your flaws then? Because I think that's something, I mean, I struggle with that. I'm sure so many people listening struggle with that of just like wholeheartedly. Because I think I can sit here and be like, yeah, I love myself. I'm proud of myself, like whatever. But there are so many times and moments in my day where I'm just sitting there like, just to be really real, like I'm just so hard on myself. If I'm yeah. filming, if I'm filming a YouTube video and I have, if I'm, if I'm positioned a certain way, if I feel like, oh, that angle must look bad. I haven't even seen it yet. Just in my head, just constant, like that's probably bad. It ruins my day. And then I'm like in a yeah. constant, like, I hate myself this day. Like, why did I even try? Like, how did you get to a point where you're just like, okay, even if it is a flaw or something that I'm not super like proud of, I still love it. Cause it's me. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely been a big process. I think also think about the world that we live in. Everything is super curated. Everything is positioned perfectly. We're constantly consuming social media uh, or news or TV or film or magazines. And it's always this perfectly curated thing. So, right. of course, in our head, we're constantly aware of these things and we're constantly judging ourselves. Um, for me, I think. I think what really started my journey was probably six years ago going through a really hard breakup and 
that feeling of having what they call like the rug pulled underneath you, where Mm -hmm. you literally fall on your face, you fall down. And it is, it's not worth it to stand back up and be the same person that you were when you fell down. Oh, I love that. (laughs) It's not, it's, you're not, there's things that happen in life like breakups, like grief, like disappointment, like failure that can really bring us down. And we have to be aware that those moments are teachable lessons. And those are moments to be grateful for, because that is the opportunity that is the door opening to you becoming an evolved, a more evolved version of yourself, a new version of yourself. And so that moment for me was like laying the foundation for the next evolution of who Cody was. And I really leaned into like a meditation and mindfulness practice. So that allowed me to really observe my thoughts and just see them as thoughts instead of letting those thoughts run wild, Mm. instead letting them pass and not getting so attached to them. And I know that I know that's like a little obscure and a little bit like. But well, that's know, the whole practice of meditation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was really powerful for me, um, and that kind of really started my my journey of like self love. And so then you develop, you kind of develop that skill of allowing the thoughts to pass. But then you start to be aware of who you are and the things that you do, and then you can't help but laugh at yourself. Mm. You can't you can't help but laugh at the same repetitive thought or the, or the same action that you're doing. And you're like, wait, why are you doing that? Like you, you said you want to stop that. So like you could get frustrated with it. You can get mad at it, or you can kind of laugh at it and treat yourself a little bit, a little bit of kindness and love. Um, And so I think it's just like building that, that I think it's building that relationship with yourself and, and making time within your day that you are developing a relationship with yourself, which is, really hard yeah really hard just in the practice but also like the, you know it's it's, it's so really obscure. tough yeah no but that's great advice I also feel like I just resonate a lot with what you say about like how we're in a world where we see such a curated perspective yeah. and that can make it a little bit more challenging to be easy on yourself and forgive yourself for certain things because you see everybody else, what seems to be a perfect life. And I'm sure some people see us online and think like, wow, that that like success and that's great and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, also we can probably both just sit here and attest that we've gone through it in our heads as well. <laughs> yeah. You got to have a little bit of grace. Like grace is a thing that I'm, I'm really focused on right now is you, you kind of, you only know what you know at the moment. Mm. And so you got to give yourself the grace and forgiveness of the mistakes that you made that you make and try to do better. But yeah, let's just laugh at like, Instagram is not real. TikTok is not real. The news is not real. Um, And then laugh at ourselves when we're trying to fit in that, in that box, we're not meant to fit in that box. So make a relationship with yourself. Let's laugh at the world and like also laugh at ourselves. So we're not taking it so seriously. I kind of love that too, because it's like, if you are in a moment of sadness, if you can think to that and be like, okay, I still feel like shit, but I'm going to laugh at it right now. I think you can genuinely convince your mind to think that like, like at a certain point, it's literally fake it till you make it where it's like, 
at a certain point, you will start to find the things that you maybe were hard on yourself, like a little funny. So I'm going to try that. Thank you so much. (laughs) And also, it's also like giving yourself giving yourself space to be sad though. Like don't Mm. fight it. Like go be sad for a little bit. If you're going through a breakup, if you've lost your job, if you are having fights with your friends, like it's okay to be sad, like have those moments. But after a while, you're going to heal from it. You're going to grow from it. And then once those kind of those start to pop up more, it's like, okay, like I'm going to laugh at myself for like dwelling on this a little bit too much. Right. I love that. Okay, let's transition into Dancing with the Stars because obviously we were both on the same season, season 30. I honestly feel like we had a great cast. Like It was a great cast. Everyone honestly. was so fun. A really good cast, yeah. And it I loved it because even though it was a competition, like I think we genuinely like we never wanted anybody to go home. Never. We always wanted we wanted everyone to do their best and it really It was like it was a support group. <laughs> yeah, and like it was it, it was sad when anybody went home and also like we were the only people that knew what was going on and that was just I look back and I'm like how I did that like it's so what? crazy I still crazy. think back to it and I'm like I was <laughs> dancing on national tv with zero dance experience who let me wait you had okay you had zero dance experience I've never danced before not even like a ballet class, like not no, even anything. nothing. Really? Maybe I took ballet when I was like one years old and I ended at one and a half. <laughs> but like, no, not in any time I can remember in my life. I am so gagged by that because I was like, I think this girl is lying. Like, I know she like, swear. knows more dance than she is giving away because she's playing this. I love dancing though. Like I remember growing up like around my family and stuff and we'd play like music in the kitchen at night and I'd be dancing around the kitchen with my dad. But like, that's as far as my dance experience had that's gone. That's amazing. Man. But sometimes it is better to like, like for me, ballroom was hard because I, I danced in such different ways that it felt so foreign. So maybe being so fresh and yeah. having no experience knowledge yeah. was almost better because you could just absorb it and like move into it. Totally. That's kind of what I was talking to Amanda Klutz about when I had her on the podcast a while back, I was like, it's really, was it tough for you? Because you had a lot of dance experience. She was like, it was harder because like I had to learn like this, a completely new thing from something that I already kind of knew before. Yeah. But she always looked flawless too. So Slade, absolutely slayed. Everybody slayed. Everybody was so good. Um, yeah. How did you get the offer? Who called you? Was it like, a, did somebody reach out directly? Was it a DM? Did it go through your team? And did you say yes right away? Um, it, it went through my team and it was something that we'd been talking about kind of all summer where like, hey, I've been kind of pitching, my agent was kind of like pitching me for it, but like uh, Dance with the Stars wasn't like completely on board, but like it was kind of always happening. Mm. And honestly, I don't even remember getting the, I think I didn't really get the final offer. Like, okay, this is happening until like mid August. So maybe three or four weeks before the show was actually happening. I think so. I think that's how it was because I I remember having conversations about it probably in June of last year and be like, okay, that's cool. And then by the time August got around, I was like, okay, I'm giving, I, I've kind of just like, I'm assuming that it's not happening. Um, and then it happened. And there was kind of a few days where I was like, am I sure I want to do this? Because the thought of it really, really created a lot of anxiety in me. I was like, yeah. that's going to be so new and so challenging and so different. Um, 
so I'm glad I'm glad I like took a breath and told myself I could do it. But there was a lot of anxiety. And, you, you know, once I committed to it, I was like, all right, here we go. Do you feel like you had I mean, obviously, it's so different being in a ballroom dance competition than being on a bike. But do you feel like you had because you were used to maybe performing, I guess you could say, like in some degree publicly with Peloton that it made the nerves a little less intense or just so different? No, I, I like I was nervous every, every like, time I was nervous every week. You know what I was really nervous is like camera blocking on Sunday. I was always so nervous. I actually, put, I feel like I put more pressure on that than even the show because if I didn't have a good camera blocking, it made me really nervous for the show because I was like, well, if I messed it up here, I'm not going to have enough time to get it right on Monday. So it was, I was a nervous wreck the entire time. There was so much anxiety, but I worked through it and battled through it. But there was, there was some times that it was just like, it, that whole show is it's something you can't explain no it's like i no i don't i don't think the i don't think people understand the amount of pressure that that we're under um it's mental and emotional gymnastics and you yeah. gotta really like fight through it because it's like it's the dance it's your partner it's the judges it's the media it's people online trolling you like as much as you don't want to look at it like you look at it and then like you let these thoughts get in your head it is it's one of the toughest things I've ever done. And as as grateful as I am for it, I was so happy when it was done. I was just like, okay, I'm so glad. <laughs> I was so ready. But I was I'm, like, I'm, I'm so glad it's over. Like, I was just like, thank God. And you also had like a really crazy start because if you guys watched it, you would remember this, but Cody had COVID in yes. the really early stages of the show and nobody knew what to do. Like we were like, how does, and he had to perform on zoom was it zoom? zoom yeah essentially it was zoom and so we did a jazz number from my house i was doing it from my place in new york cheryl was doing it from her place in la and honestly though like i feel like we slayed it and you they didn't did give slay us it the hat the hat come on we did the best with what we had I know. so it was it was an interesting and you know what uh i remember getting that call and i i was just like there was a moment where I was like, I might quit. I might just like, I just might bow out because like this seems so complicated. Yeah. But I'm so glad that I didn't. I'm so glad that I didn't. And you made it to the finals. So I'm final. really glad you didn't tap out of it because that was so yeah. fun to watch. And I feel like also what was really cool about the whole experience was like kind of seeing everybody grow into themselves. Like, yeah. I'm like, I just feel like I remember like between like I can say for myself, I feel like I grew into myself so much more and then watching like JoJo and Suni and like, all these people that just really like found themselves because of the show was like, I don't know. It was actually really impactful and cool to see. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that's good. When we had like our cat, like the cast was rooting for each other. And I think when we saw like great dances or a moment of growth, like we were like, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, it was know? a really loving environment.
am comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. 
at this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what have you been up to after the show? Now we can get into it. I want to hear about what you were yeah. saying in the beginning about your healing journey a little bit and just kind of focusing on you and right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I got back in November. So it was like the holiday season after that I was spending time with friends and family and then January, January hit. And it was like really focused on Peloton working with different brands, um, a little bit of travel and, um, I was just doing so much. Like all of my days were packed. My calendar was like, I would like look two months in advance. I was like, Oh my God, every week is so much, so many things going on. And I love to be busy. Um, but I think I hit a mark in probably like February where I felt really disconnected from myself. And Mm -hmm. I remember talking to my therapist and just being like, I'm not depressed, but I'm not, I don't feel like myself. And there's moments of sadness and I, I think when I analyzed it a little bit, you know, coming from Dancing with the Stars, you have like all of, you have so many like adren- adrenaline, emotional spikes and these highs that when that's removed, I don't think your body and your mind know what to do af- after that process. Mm. If, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I relate. And so I, I just felt like really off probably in February and March. And recently I kind of hit a space where I was like, I need to press pause or like pump the brakes on some of my work and, and really tapping into the power of no, of being like, no, I don't, I don't need to do this right now. Right. Or like this isn't, this isn't important to me, or I, 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 there will be another opportunity. I don't need to take this one right now. Um, and instead coming back to my roots of that self-love and taking care of myself. Cause even in the past two years, I might, I, I was going to therapy, but I remember being kind of like super exhausted at points where I wasn't going into that space and maybe like really working through or talking through or figuring things out. And so it, like I was showing up, but I was going through the motions and my meditation practice had gotten less and less and less and less, or just wasn't a lot more infrequent. And so I kind of hit a mark in, in May where I was like, all right, I need to get back to myself, create a morning routine where I'm, where I'm finding time every day to meditate, to journal, to take care of myself, do things that I love, like listen to music. Um, even like one thing right now, which I was talking to a friend is like getting dressed and looking cute and feeling cute. Like, even if I'm just going to get coffee or yeah. even if I'm just going for a walk and it's, it's literally for nobody else, but me, yeah. but that's something that brings me joy. It's just like looking cute and having a fierce outfit. And that is like healing and self. Yeah, and no, self totally. To me. Um, and so for me, that is what I've been focus- focusing on this summer and enjoying time with friends. I'm going to, tr- I'm going to Europe next week for two weeks. So that's, oh, that's going to be really good. And I'm, I'm glad to kind of take this season of taking a break, taking a breath, and then going into September, putting my head down and working on some 
some new content at Peloton, working on some other projects. I, I know you want me to say what it is. I can't I, say I what won't. it is. <laughs> I won't I ask. Hate, I hate being that girl. <laughs> but like, you know, there's always a season for everything. And right now that season is taking care of myself, enjoying life, breathing, yeah. laughing, dancing. And then I think going into the fall back to school season, it's like, put your head down, do some work and, and work on, on new stuff. That's exciting. Yeah. What's a, like a day in your life look like in Cody oh, Rigsby's so world? It's so, it's so random, but like I wake up every, I've been trying to set my alarm for 7am. I know it's not super early, but it's early. It's um, early as I wake up, yeah. I wake up, I go have a glass of water. I have a cup of egg whites. I go meditate. Do you, do you eat really healthy? No. Okay. Cause I'm like, do all fitness instructors, are they on like some strict, amazing, clean diet? <laughs> I mean, listen, if I, it's summer and I want to eat more clean so that I feel cute and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But I think just balance. Yeah. I guess it's balance. It's like I have my routine probably Monday through Friday or Saturday. And then I give myself a little bit of grace to like, indulge have fun i also just don't drink that much it's not my favorite thing so i think drinking is one that really affects people's fitness yeah. more than they think and so over the years i've kind of just like lessened my relationship with alcohol yeah not that i'm sober or don't drink at all but i just am really intentional about when and if i drink right um and then i usually go to the gym i slay my workouts i have meetings on zoom or in person uh, I teach a class. Um, it's it's crazy. Last week I was putting in like, I'm like, it's 12 hour days, like seven to seven. It's just nonstop. With How all many kind classes of, do you do in one day? In one day, usually only one, maybe okay. two. And usually if it's two, it's two shorter ones. But um, I'm, only, I'm, I'm teaching like four to five classes a week. Wow. Not great. Not not too much. But, you know, it, it does take its toll on the body. Yeah, because you also have to be like on when you're doing it. You can't just on, be in the yeah. back of the class like I'm working out. I'm doing it today. Like you got to be the one that's hyping everybody else up in the class. Yeah. And I think that's the most challenging part is like physically my body's I've been doing it for eight years now. So like my body's so conditioned to it. Mm. But it is really like turning on being like being a personality, like bringing the energy to to a class, especially on those days when I don't want to do it. And there's plenty of those days where I'm like, I love my job. But I'm not in the mood to like be happy, smiley Cody right now, but figure it out, girl. Right. <laughs> you know, figure it out. Do you feel like from Dancing with the Stars or maybe not even because Dancing with the Stars, but just in general of like social media being a thing and then you obviously having such a presence on social media because of Peloton and people loving you on mm -hmm. there, like it's presented so many new opportunities in just like a different space for work? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I'm so grateful for the platform that Peloton has given me. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten to do Dancing with the Stars. I do speaking engagements, uh, which I have a few few this fall that I'm excited about. And that allows me to kind of share my story. And in a, in a different way, and like in, a, in more in in depth way. Um, you know, I've got to work with 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 amazing brands. And honestly, the time that I invest outside of Peloton is actually like, I try to in invest more outside of the fitness world. Like I'm not, I don't try to do more fitness things outside of Peloton. I try to find opportunities and skill sets that I have and opportunities that will, uh, be in alignment with that. So yeah, yeah I, it's, yeah, I've got to do some, some really cool stuff. And, um, I'm like forever grateful for the platform and what it, what it gives me. Cause like, I, you know, I grew, I grew up so broke, like so poor. It was just me and my mom. And 
I never thought that I would have this level of level of success. Yeah. And so it, it, yeah, you look back and I'm just like grateful for it. Yeah. It's really like life changing, huh? Absolutely. Um, well, I won't keep you cause I know you're busy, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And honestly, just being so real and so open. It's one of the things I love about you. I think that people are really going to resonate with this episode because of your realness. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I, I love this little reunion. I know me too. Hopefully I'll be in New York soon so I can come see you and say, Hey, let's do dinner or something. I might be, I might be in LA, I think like middle of October. So I might try to go to Dancing with the Stars. Oh my God. Please tell me if you go, I will come with you. Yeah. We'll, we'll be go. each other's date. Let's, let's, go. let's, let's go. go on a date to Dancing with the Stars. Yes. <laughs> I would love that. Okay. We'll have the best day. You're the best. And I'll Thanks, talk to you babe. soon. All right. Bye, Bye. everyone. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.